0: Baby, you don't know what you do to me Between me and you, I feel like chemistry I won't let no one come and take your place Cause the love you give, it can't be a blessing. Mind, to spend my life with you. you, I wanna please you in any way.
1: To all our listeners around the world, logged on to QMZRadio.com, the Quality Music Zone, and JohnNoRadio.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, July 13th. Hashtag WCW, Woman Crush Wednesday. And today you're going to be hearing the songs of Aliyah. Rest in peace, sleep in peace. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And subscribe to the YouTube channel Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. So I hope you have already downloaded the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today, starting off with international news. U.S.-Japan agreed to cooperate on economic fallout of Ukraine war. Nigerian businesses turned to solar sources amid high diesel costs. Sri Lanka president flees country amid political economic crisis. U.S. says it has killed ISIL leader in Syria. Ukraine to get $1.7 billion in new aid to pay health care workers. Eight conservative candidates in running to to replace Boris Johnson. In news out of North America, three-year-old boy dies after being found unresponsive in hot car in Miami Gardens, Florida. Rikers Island Correction Officer fired after inmate dies. Ninth death in NYC Department of Correction custody this year. Little League teams have pulled out of a state championship after a gunfire scare at a baseball game. San Francisco reaches $58 million opioid settlement with Teva and Allergan. In my opinion, stop cheering for a fetus's right to ride in an HOV lane. This opinion is written by Jill Filipovich. In business and tech news, Starbucks to close at 16 stores, citing personal safety concerns. Great regret? Millions of Americans wish they did not quit their jobs. In sports news, officials say former Dallas Cowboys running back Marion Barber III died from a heat stroke. Out of the Caribbean corner, Barbados beckons the Caribbean for ultimate crop over experience. Hunger to worsen in Haiti as gang violence escalates, the United Nations warns. Out of Jamaica, Flow Foundation empowers the digital education programs. Wife freed of cybercrime after mistress opts for mediation. In our Latin American stories, Mexico agrees to invest $1.5 billion in smart border technology. Biden administration extends TPS protection for Venezuelans. In the Believe It or Not corner, Missouri husband sentenced to life for murdering wife who Googled, what to do if your husband is upset you're pregnant. Three Michigan men arrested in sting operation for attempting to sexually abuse minors. Arizona bans recording officers within eight feet of police activity. And in entertainment news, Donald Trump says Elon Musk would drop to his knees and beg on his command in social media clapback storm. Martha Stewart jokingly says she wishes her friends would just die so she could date their husbands. Wow. We're gonna be right back after a little more from Aaliyah with the details. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday and we're celebrating Aaliyah. (laughs) Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZradio.com, the quality music zone john dot and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you're listening to coffee Toll world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views don't forget to follow me on twitter at me media moments am i media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and subscribe to the youtube channel moments with me media like share comment and click on that notification bell it is hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday and today we're playing the songs of the beautiful alia If you haven't already done so, don't forget to go ahead and download the John O. Radio app, available in your Apple and Google Play stores, J-A-H-K-N-O-Radio.com. It is time for us to get started with the details. And of course, we're starting off with international news. U.S.-Japan agreed to cooperate on economic fallout of Ukraine war. This story comes to us courtesy of Al Jazeera. The top economic officials of the United States and Japan have pledged to work together to tackle rising food and energy prices while reiterating their condemnation of Russia's war in Ukraine. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Japanese Finance Minister Shunichi Suzuki on Tuesday said the war had increased exchange rate volatility, posing risks of economic and financial stability. The two sides pledged to work together on currency issues under their commitments as member of the Group of 7, G7, and Group of 20, G20 economic groupings. We will continue to consult closely on exchange markets and cooperate as appropriate on currency issues in line with our G7 and G20 commitments, the two sides said in a joint statement following their meeting in Tokyo. The two leaders jointly condemned Russia's unprovoked, unjustifiable and illegal war against Ukraine and said they would work together to support Kiev in overcoming its economic challenges. The joint statement said both sides also welcomed efforts to pursue price caps on Russian oil where appropriate, but did not include a concrete agreement for such a scheme. Washington has suggested that Moscow be prevented from using higher oil prices to fund the war amid warnings the global price of oil could rise by 40% to about $140 per barrel without a cap. A senior U.S. Treasury official earlier on Tuesday suggested that a price ceiling that covered Russia's marginal cost of production could incentive Moscow to continue exporting oil while depriving it of revenues to fund the war. Japan, which is heavily dependent on oil imports, has been grappling with limited energy supplies, partly as a result of the war and the falling value of the yen against the dollar. Suzuki earlier on Tuesday expressed concern about the yen's slide, saying the government would watch the currency market even more closely while lazing with the Bank of Japan. We head over to Nigeria for another story, courtesy of Al Jazeera as well. Nigeria's solar companies are seeing a surge in demand for mine grids and equipment as businesses in Africa's biggest oil producer look for alternative power sources after the cost of diesel soared locally due to rising global oil prices. Supply constraints could, however, hamper their ability to capitalize on the trend, with some saying they have begun to turn away customers because they are unable to meet demand. Nigeria, Africa's largest economy with a population of an estimated 200 million people, has an installed electricity capacity of 12,500 megawatts, but the national grid only provides 4,000 megawatts at peak, leaving businesses and citizens heavily reliant on diesel-powered generators. The Energy Commission of Nigeria says the country spends $22 billion annually on fuel for generators. The price of diesel, not subsidized like petrol, has nearly tripled to 800 naira, which is $1.93. Most of that increase came in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There has been an increased growth in demand for solar. I really think driven by the spike in diesel prices this year, This is according to Victor Ezenwoko, Daystar Power Chief Commercial Officer. Still, solar power adoption is estimated at below 2 percent and some businesses perceive it as unsuitable for large-scale use, industry executives said. A study earlier this year by Boston Consulting Group and All On, a Shell-funded firm, said Nigeria's installed photovoltaic solar panel per capita amounted to 1 watt compared with an average of 8 watts in similar emerging markets like South Africa. That is changing as energy costs eat into company margins, forcing businesses to actively consider solar a clean form of energy, Yep, got to explore our options. Can't be reliant on just one source, right? Um, Our next story is out of Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka President um, Gotabaya Rajapaksa has fled the country hours before his promised resignation amid widespread protests over his handling of the country's worst economic crisis since independence in 1948. Rajapaksa, his wife, and two bodyguards flew on a Sri Lankan Air Force plane um, to Mali, the capital of the Maldives. News agencies reported citing unnamed government and immigration officials. He arrived in Mali early on Wednesday morning, the AFP news agency has reported. The president has said he would resign on Wednesday after tens of thousands of protesters stormed his official residence, demanding that he step down. Rajapaksa, who helped Ended the country's long-running civil war as defense secretary during his elder brother's administration more than a decade ago, was elected president in 2019, promising security and stability. But as the country began running out of fuel, food and medicines as government coffers depleted, The president was accused of economic incompetence and public opinion turned against both Gotabaya and the wider Rajapaksa family who have dominated Sri Lankan politics for nearly 20 years. Rajapaksa, accused of war crimes and other human rights abuses, enjoys immunity from arrest while in office. It is believed he wanted to go abroad before stepping down to avoid the possibility of being detained. The country's parliament is due to hold a vote on choosing a new president in July 20. But I, I question that though, even though he has um, flee the country, can't he still be extradited back to Sri Lanka to face charges if charges are um, pressed against him for war crimes and the other human rights abuses? After, and this is after he resigns, right? Go ahead james i'm sorry go right
2: ahead yeah m- morning everyone good morning. good morning good morning Good morning. yeah so so listening to this now like i'm convinced that countries i think every country should have you know that that rule that they have on the cruise ship what rule that, is that what rule is that? that you can't you cannot abandon the ship if it's sinking until everyone gets out safe
1: <laughs> like that planes too you're the last to leave
2: yeah, so, so I believe that if you're going to go in politics in any country in the world, like there should be some some clause put in, in, in where you cannot have any offshore, like all your money earned should stay in that country. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have the luxury because because what he knew what he was doing. Because yeah. I guarantee you, like if you research, there's there's no extradition. There's like no treaty between those two countries. And I guarantee you that that's where his money is. All that the millions of dollars stolen, mm-hmm. that's where he kept it. Mm. So, like, like he, he had this backup plan. If anything, if everything goes wrong, like I'll just flee where I'm safe, where you know what cannot be extra extradited, and all my my millions of dollars are already secure in that country.
1: Yeah.
2: And and yeah, they're not supposed to be able to do that because no um sri lanka is is in problems now like if if like america or some other countries don't step in because they they have they have um a lot of these guerrilla groups that are well equipped with like i don't know where they get their weaponry from i was about to ask you that question yeah i don't know where they get it from but some of these groups because i i have friends that from there and these guys have, some of these groups have fighter jet. That's all, that's <laughs> all I'm thinking. No, seriously. Wow. Like, they, they, like, they are very equipped. Like, the, the, the weapons that they have. So, now, like, this is, like, an open space, now, for, for these guerrilla groups to fight, to take over. Whether they are going to be ambitious enough to try and take over the entire country. Mm-hmm. Or do, or do what they have done in the past, where a lot of them, you know, take over, like, portions of the country and and run like extortion rings you know so like it's yeah it's so unfortunate that they come this far and and someone promised that he was going to provide security and just came in and and, and you know bleed the country of everything for, for himself and his family mm-hmm. and then just able to flee the country you know it, it's it's unfortunate
1: yeah it is oh boy, i feel for the people of the nation because they're the ones who are left um, to figure it out. And I do agree with what you said. No leader of any country should be able to flee. You should, be, you should have to stay there and face the consequences, face the music, and answer. Give the people an answer, right? Right. Uh, the U.S. military says it has killed the leader of ISIL, an ISIS group in Syria, in a drone strike outside Jandaris North. But hold on a second, as I'm, before I even get into that article, James, there's something that crossed my mind. If um, the family is accused, well, him being the leader, and I'm going to just say the family is accused of war crimes and other human rights abuses. Does the U.S. have any in- sanctions
2: imposed on them? Yeah, they they should. They should.
1: Okay. Yeah, like not just,
2: the US, not just the U.S., but like the G7, G20. Like they should, they should have enough power to impose to sanctions even, to to step in and and to and to the same way that seize um um the Krem, some of those um Kremlin's asset. Yeah, they, they should be able to seize his asset um in 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 Mali. So. Yeah
1: right. Let's see what happens. All right. So we're going to stay abreast of that one. Uh, so back to the next story. The U.S. military says it has killed the leader of ISIL, an ISIS group in Syria in a drone strike outside Jandaris, northwest Syria, with another senior ISIL official seriously injured. Maher al-Agal, one of the top five ISIL leaders, was killed, said U.S. Central Command sent him on Tuesday in a statement. It did not name the second ISIL official. Al-Agal was responsible for aggressively developing the group's networks outside Iraq and Syria, Centum said. The removal of these ISIS leaders will disrupt the terrorist organization's ability to further plot and carry out global attacks, said Colonel Joe a Centum spokesperson. ISIS Continues to represent a threat to the U.S. and partners in the region, the statement read. Centum maintains a sufficient and a sustainable presence in the region and will continue to counter threats against regional security. Um, how long ago did they take out um, Osama Bin Laden? How long ago? Uh, this happened... Uh, so we had the 9-11 attacks in, 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 what was it, 2000, right? Am I right? Remind me here. Good morning, everyone. 2001. 2001. Thank you, Rosola. Good morning. So we had 9-11-2001, right? There was, um, and then they killed Osama when, who was it? Was it Obama that was in power when that happened? 2008 am i right or am i wrong somebody remind me here because i'm not too alert right now but anyway when he was eliminated the same comment was made right that with the removal of the isis leader or the taliban that would disrupt the organization's ability to further plot and carry out global attacks they have and they got rid of him and others rose up through the ranks right got rid of those and others just rise up and it's going to be a continuing thing it's not going to stop so telling me that you have assassinated Maher, or i don't know if assassinated is the right term to use when do you use the word assassinated only with leaders top officials well probably to them he's a you know probably to isis or isil he's their an official so he was killed. Maher Al-Agal, one of the top five ISIL leaders, was killed. Don't they think somebody else is going to rise up and carry on the task? Is it ever going to end? I don't think so. Even if you eliminate all five of the top ISIL leaders, five more will step in. So are we willing to continue funding this battle and i understand that you want to protect the globe you want to protect the world you want to ensure that no um, terrorist attacks are carried out okay fine but stop saying that you are this is going to put a damper on the situation because it's not find something else to say say we're gonna continue doing this to try to control, and it's going to be an unending battle. Say it it like it is. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. And I do appreciate, and I'm not going to be ungrateful, I do appreciate that we don't have um, other countries coming on U.S. soil to attack, right? I appreciate that. But let us also be real in the expectations that we're delivering to the U.S. population, right? Let's, let's be real. It's not going to end because of their mindset, because of their beliefs. It's their beliefs, right? And that's what we're fighting. You know what? I'm going to save the next story for last. Yeah. Let me jump over to England, the U.K., Eight contenders will be on the ballot paper when when Conservative MPs in the UK begin voting on Wednesday today to elect a successor to Prime Minister Boris Johnson, the chairman of the 1922 committee Sir Graham Brady has announced. Johnson was forced to step down after dozens of members of government resigned in protest after a series of scandals. Rishi Sunak, Liz Truss, Tom Tujandat, and I hope I pronounced his name right, Kemi Badenoch, Penny Mordaunt, Jeremy Hunt, Nadhim Zahawi, and Suela Braverman all secured the 20 nominations from fellow members of Parliament needed to enter the contest. Moments before the announcement in a Commons Committee room, former Health Secretary Sajid Javid said he was pulling out, having apparently failed to attract enough support. Earlier, Transport Secretary Grant Shapps announced that he was abandoning his bid and would be supporting Sunak, the former chancellor. Backbencher Raymond Chisty, and I hope I said that right as well, seen as the rank outsider, also said that he was dropping out, having failed to get enough nominations. Meanwhile, Truce, the foreign secretary, gained the endorsement of prominent Johnson loyalists Jacob Rees-Mogg, Nadine Dorries, and James Cleverly, in what was seen as a concerted move to prevent Sunak from entering Number 10, many supporters of the prime minister remain furious with Sunak for the role he played in bringing him down with his decision last week to help to quit, helping to trigger a further slew of resignations. The next British leader faces a daunting entry, while support for the Conservatives is also falling. Polls show. The UK's economy is facing rocketing inflation, high debt, and low growth, while people grapple with the tightest squeeze on their finances in decades, all set against a backdrop of an energy crunch exasperated by the war in Ukraine, which has sent fuel prices soaring. As the contest heated up, rival campaigns stepped up private criticism of each other and pointed to either financial or other questions hanging over their opponents. Sunak kicked off his campaign by portraying, portraying himself as the serious candidate, promising grown up honesty, not fairy tales, seeking to contrast himself with the extensive tax cuts pledged by most of the other candidates. As um, a finance minister, Sunak set the UK on course to have its biggest tax burden since the 1950s. And most of the other hopefuls have turned their fire on him by saying they would oversee cuts immediately the winner, and UK's new Prime Minister, will be announced on September 5th. Meanwhile, the opposition Labour Party said the government had blocked its attempt to call a confidence vote in Johnson on Wednesday to force him from office immediately. Um, has anyone seen the, the, um, the candidates? What they look like? So there's a young lady. She is... Um, of African descent I'm kind of rooting for her I am but do I think she's gonna be put in honestly
2: no don't don't do that don't root for her like after what they did to Terry can you imagine what they'll do to her <laughs> no but that's that's a job that that I wouldn't want the first black anything to be involved in now they can't they can't keep that no seriously they can keep that <laughs> no, why not? You know, I, I Come think, on. I think, I think with all the dysfunction for the part, remember, like, it, it's going to be like the Obama thing. Okay, we, we, we run the country into the wall, crash it. Um, the law is, um housing, like people walking away from their houses because it value nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we just see it as a perfect time to, to, to have the first black president. You know, so no, they, they run England into the ground and then put a black person there to, to be the face of destruction. Nah, like, I wouldn't I would root for her. <laughs> That's not one job that I would take.
1: But what if she's able to go against the expectation?
2: No, but what expectation? The only expectation... That you that have, that you, have you
1: think a, is going to happen. The
2: only expectation a black person can have in a racist country is to, to fail or, or, or to, 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 to burn, you know? Okay. It, no, trust me, it's not. Because remember, like, when Obama came in, like, I remember even in Florida, because, like, my wife, mom has a friend that bought two houses in Florida, cash, out of her divorce settlement. And, and she got them for, like, $50,000. Look at her now. You can't, you can't touch anything in Florida for a for, for, for no little bit of money anymore, you know? Obama brought back the economy, brought back um, the, those car companies, um, G- GM and, and some of those car companies, when people are saying that, oh, that's a wrong move. And what kind of credit Obama get? Nothing. So, yeah, no, like a, a black person in a racist white country, no, you're not going to get any credit. Uh-huh. Yeah, no credit. And I think, I think, I think England is only setting the table right now to make all the countries that are um, looking for reparation to know that, look, we don't even have our own <laughs> stuff together. So we guys don't have any money to give you.
1: I'm going to put that out. Let me, let me, um, (laughs) James. um, Would I like to see a black leader in England? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think it's going to happen? No. So I'm giving you decades down the road what I think it's not going to happen. Because for them to do that, um, oh my gosh, it would make them cringe. And imagine the queen having to appoint (laughs) um someone of african descent into that role she's already having a problem swallowing the fact that you have Meghan markle as part of the (laughs) monarchy oh let me find let me go uh, jump on here bear with me one moment let me um (laughs) i'm sorry I'm, i'm laughing but there are four women and um four men but she garnered enough um what you call it? Votes to be in the nom- to be included as one of the runners, though James. So doesn't that say something?
2: No remember, remember like the the like the population in England of like especially Africans. There are a lot of Africans in, in England over the past 25-30 years. They're they're Caribbean, you know, from the Windrush movement, a lot of Caribbean people. Um, there are, there are Indian people that would, would, would vote for her and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the same way, Obama garnered enough vote, even to, to win the presidency. And a lot of people will argue that, you know, um, for black people in America, it's gotten worse mm-hmm. since Obama became president because, um, you know, like racist people, white supremacists, it it is it, like. You know, like an ant's nest where the ants them sleeping. And, and you just dig up, throw something in there, excite and wake them up. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Like, a lot of the um, white supremacist people in England that are sleeping are going to wake up. Because there are people that tolerate, like, blacks and stuff like that. But they don't want to see it with power. Right. And whenever they see it with power, that's going to wake them up. Okay. You know, like, Chris, Chris Rock have this joke about, like, there's nothing... That a poor white person um, hate more than a rich black person. Yes, that, That's I, I just saw, a parap- I remember that. Yeah, that's just a paraphrase. He it, it used some word yeah. that I can't use, but <laughs> pretty much, pretty much that's what it it it, that's it what he's comes saying. down to. Yeah, and 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 it's real. Like you, there are people that will tolerate you, and the, and and you'll go out and you'll have drinks, and you don't know that they're racist. But then you start doing better than them, and and then you see what happens. and that's what's gonna happen okay. if she gets in, if she gets in power. I would not want that for her, trust me. After what I see, they did to Teresa, nope, would not want that for her. <laughs>
1: So I pinned the link at the top of the page um, for our listeners here on Clubhouse. Um, yeah. For those who would like to online listening on com and com, if you'd like to see the article I'm referring to, log on to aljazeera.com. A-L-J-A-Z-E-E-R-A.com. Click on News. Scroll down to where it says Europe, and you will see the article. Eight conservative candidates in running to replace Boris Johnson. We also have an Indian woman there. So, um... Suella Braverman, the young lady I'm referring to of um, African descent is bottom row, Kemi Badenock. That's her name. All right. So the last story for the international scene, Ukraine, you know something. Um, Does anyone in the room have the PIN number for the ATM machine for the federal, U.S. um, federal bank? That's all I want to know. I need the PIN number for the ATM so I can get some money out of the federal bank. All right. Ukraine to get one point seven billion dollars in assistance from the United States government and the World Bank to pay the salaries of its beleaguered healthcare workers and provide other essential services. And this is according to Al Jazeera as well. Ah, the money. Coming Tuesday, from the U.S. Treasury Department, the World Bank and the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, is meant to alleviate the acute budget deficit caused by Russian President Vladimir Putin's brutal war of aggression, USAID said in a statement. While many medical staffers have left Ukraine, some hospitals have shut down and other hospitals have been bombed. The health workers who remain in Ukraine do their jobs under dire circumstances. Viktor Lyashko, Ukraine's Minister of Health, said paying health workers salaries is becoming more difficult each month due to the overwhelming burden of war. 1.7 billion dollars is not just yet another financial support it is an investment that makes us a step closer to victory liashko said in a statement to date USAID has given 4 billion dollars in budgetary support to the Ukrainian government these funds have been used for keeping gas and electricity flowing to hospitals and schools getting humanitarian supplies to citizens and paying the salaries of civil servants and teachers USAID Administrator Samantha Power said that as Putin's assault in Ukraine's public service continues, the U.S. is rushing in with financial support to help the government keep the lights on, provide essential services to innocent citizens and pay the health care workers who are providing life-saving support on the front lines. Last week, the administration of U.S. President Joe Biden said it will send another $400 million in military equipment to Ukraine. The 15th package of military weapons and equipment transferred to Ukraine from U.S. Department of Defense stocks since last August. When did the war start but anyway let me keep it moving this new set of funds will be used for humanitarian purposes this aid will help ukraine's democratic government provide essential services for the people of ukraine treasury secretary janet yellen said in a written statement yellen said the money would reach those who need it most at the front lines of putin's brutal and illegal war overall The U.S. has sent about $7.3 billion in aid to Ukraine since the war began in late February. Hmm. So why was there a package, why why was a package sent last August? Huh? They made it appear as though nothing was being sent until February. But you're paying $1.7 billion. You're paying the, the salaries of people in another country. Can I get the PIN number to the U.S. Treasury Department, please?
2: You, you, know, you know what I can't understand? It's almost like they really take people in North America for idiots. idiot. You
1: know? No, said you right. Them take me for one bag of you know, idiot. It's like,
2: it's like somebody, co- it's like you come outside in the night and and, and, and it's dark. And, and you look up and somebody say, no, like, look, there's sun in the sky. It's not dark. At the sun, you look fun. <laughs> it, it makes no sense because... They're telling us that they're winning the war and they're showing us images of 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 them losing. you know? So how does it make sense? like how many people innocent life have been lost already? the, the, the billions or trillions of dollars of infrastructural damage and and they insist on telling us that they're not losing this war and and you know because like I, I know people in in Russia, and because like here in canada we have like a big um international student program and a lot of russians come to canada to to learn english so over the years we have connections with people there and the extent of russia's um suffering right now is like if you like starbucks and you and and you can't russia or ukraine russia Russia. That's okay. the extent of the, that's the extent of the suffering that's going on in Russia. You can't get Starbucks, you can't get Netflix, but people are going about their everyday life, um, living just just as normal, while while next door people are dying, and America keep funding this war and make it seem like they're not losing the war. And 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 when when you when you talk to people in in um, Russia, it's like a normal day. People get up out of them bed. Some people don't even know because remember the news over there—they're not showing you the, the war. In, it's not a war,
1: James. It's not a war. It's a military operation.
2: Yeah, they—they're they're not showing you. So people get up every day. The only thing them know is say, "Okay, we can't get with Starbucks coffee. We can't do Netflix." I—I I, I don't even—I don't even think they're suffering from the, the gas prices that we are suffering from, and and and, and they're being deceptive to, to to make it seem like okay, they're, they're going to talk to Japan, they're going to talk to these countries to make Russia feel it with the gas when already, we, have, we, we know already, even before they, they said it, that Russia is going to continue supplying China and India with gas and they're, they're still getting their money to fund their war. So, I don't know. James, at this point, all I want
1: is the PIN number to the U.S. Treasury Department, the world, um, you know, that account that they have, so I can draw some money how can i get paid how can i get paid they're paying the salaries of people in another country 1.7 billion dollars that's the commitment people here and i'm not saying you're not to help don't get me wrong i'm not saying we're not to help people i'm not saying that at all but time, week over week over week over week, how many times do we are we supposed to turn our cheeks? Seventy times seven? Just keep turning the cheek and being slapped and slapped and slapped. I feel like we're being raped. In the back of my head, I'm hearing the um was it is it, is it um vibe song? Tech blank girl. That, that's how I feel. No lie, that's exactly how I feel.
2: And, and the thing too, like the most important thing is that we all learn from our young that nothing in life is free. Like if nothing from your little from, like from like your little know, about taking a sweet and taking nothing from the body because it's not free. Nothing so with free. all, so with all this, this billions of dollars that's going that's going over over there, what what what's what's you know what's the exchange? You know, you know, if 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 they they lose the war. Like, how is America going to recoup all that billions of dollars? Because, you know, if Russia goes on and take over the entire country, there's no rebuilding for, for you know, Americans to send in their people to rebuild um, bridges and roads and, and get back their money. So where's the money going to come from? Like, you know, taxpayers, American taxpayers, paying all that money and they're just writing, a, like a, a, giving a blank check and they don't know if they're going to recoup any of that money. And that's the thing. Like you recoup in in Afghanistan, some of those countries because you 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 go you take the oil, or you you go build two road and two bridge and you send your construction people, but you're not going to be able to do that in a Russia. So what? Where's the money coming from? James,
1: all I want is the pin number. That's all I'm interested in at this point. I've given up. I really have given up. I just want a pin number because I need some money too. Good morning. Good morning, naturalist.
3: I think one of the bigger questions is where is the opposition in America to sending all these billions of dollars to Ukraine, especially from the um, quote-unquote the black um, uh, politicians? Because if you mention, you know, giving a special uh, amount of money to any inner, inner cities, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's reparations, and we are we are against that. Uh, we can't. We cannot afford that. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are lazy. They need to go work and mm-hmm. pull us, uh, us. up by the bootstraps. But we, where is the opposition? To me, this remind me of the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Everyone fall in line, beyond a lie. And years later, when they says okay, there was no weapon of mass destruction in Iraq, it was like, oh well, <laughs> we just move. We just move on to the uh, to the next thing. So my biggest disappointment is in the opposition. Because there is just like probably a few, and their voice. Of course, it's not being heard because if you are not saying Ukraine, uh, you pretty much almost is on a black list as far as where the, where the media is concerned in this country. Yeah.
1: We have children going to bed hungry. I've said this a couple of times. You have people begging for aid. We are begging, crying out for subsidy. Subsidize our gas prices for us. I can't get my light bill below $300. It's not going to happen. And worse is summer now. I can't get my light bill be- below $300. Six of us live here. We can't get it below, be- below $300. It has gone up. Usage has not increased. It has not. tell you already, we have two AC units, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, but we can only use one. Can't afford to turn on two. We don't turn on our outside lights because we have a street light that's right in front of our house, literally, so we don't really need an outside light on. Um, water gone up. <laughs> grocery up. And we can't get any help from the government. Their deliberations, they're thinking, they're processing, they're not sure how to subsidize the gas prices because Americans are feeling the brunt of it. People are being told you have to go back to the office to work, but they're not increasing the paycheck. So when people used to pay 40 50 to fill up their vehicle now they're paying 80 to 100 or more to fill up the said vehicle you and you say put aside something for a rainy day what is there to put aside the little that you could put aside you now have to use it so a large portion of the country has been pushed in a week over week situation hand to mouth, as we call it, day by day survival. How many people would be able to truly survive for three months if they lost their job today? And then you have these corporations that are wicked And I'm going to tell you why I said they're wicked. This 401k thing (laughs) really only benefits you if you work until retirement with the same company till retirement, in my opinion. And I'm up for a challenge on that. So Mr. Johnson is working with Company X. Been there for three years. The company does a matching program. Right, Mr. Johnson gets a better job with company Y. Decides that he's going to move his 401k from company X, because he's no longer there now, over to company Y. Company X tells him, oh, you just have to cash it out. All right. But, hold up cashing it out we send you the check and then you can put it in the um put it in the other company's 401k right okay no problem but there is a penalty that's what they told him that's what they told mr johnson there's a penalty okay what's the penalty a certain percentage okay oh hold on there's another there's another um deduction okay what's that every penny that company x had matched They took it back. They took it back from Mr. Johnson. And I'm not lying. This is a true situation. They took it back from Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson is struggling. But Mr. Johnson bought into the 401k dream. All Mr. Johnson wanted to do was move his 401k from company X to company Y. Company X took back every penny they invested. And what was the reason? Because he's not working there until he's retiring. So everybody but the employee is making good. And that's why I keep saying we're raped. We're being raped. We're being raped. From the front, the back, every which angle we can. And you're right naturalists. where's the opposition and you're right again if communities of color they classify us as minorities speak up and say you know do better and blase blase we're looking for handouts that's what they say right we're looking for handouts i'm not one to sit and wait for anybody to to make a difference for me. I got to get up and do it for myself. That, that's me. That's my mindset anyway because you know what, nobody tells me to so hand out nothing to me. All right? I'm okay with working for what I need to get. I'm okay with that. That, that. That's not my problem. But why, when we stand up and ask for something, we're called every name in the book. Why can't taxpayers get something? What was it? 2020 with the pandemic. Look at what they put people through. Can I blame the people who um, committed fraud on the PPP? No, I can't blame them. I really can't blame them. I used to say, come on, people do better. But no, I cannot blame them. I cannot blame
2: them. and moments, you know what, we, we, you know, like when we talk on, on a regular basis, we use, we use the word hypocrite. Like, like that's one of our favorite words. <laughs> and it, because look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, anybody like whether you're American, you're European, you're African, wherever you're from, you look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, and, and what was it? Like America insists that they don't want their enemy in their backyard, Right. That's the, that's the entire gist of it. Yeah? We don't want it in our backyard. So what's, what's the difference with Russia? Huh? Why why <laughs> Cuba is suffering for, for, 60, for 50, 60 years now because they attempt to have um, Russia in the backyard of America and they're still suffering for it. I know you're going to tell me that um, Russia said, look, we don't want to know, it's uncomfortable, we don't want to know close to it, because we know what we're, 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 we're not up to. And this is this is what caused the war. People can deny it all they want, but that's what caused it. And you're going to tell me that if we're going to look at history, and we learn from history, we're going to say, like, America did the same thing, and, and then no, we're going to look at Russia and say, no, like, them, they should be just comfortable and, and millions of people out of it. Like, just imagine those U- Ukrainians that work so hard and build up business and houses and stuff like that. And, yeah, you're losing material stuff and you could always work back 50, 40, 30 years for build back all those type of things. But just imagine losing your, your, your kids, your grandkids, just because of this foolish war where... I honestly believe, like, if I'm... If, um, the easiest thing would have been to do was America to, to say to the, the, the president of Ukraine, "Come, we'll, we'll find somewhere else. Just leave the country with your family. Any politicians who don't feel safe only leave the country, and we'll figure out this thing later. What's going to happen to this country?" Instead of like thousands of people bodies pile up on each other, like billions of dollars of infrastructural damage, um, America taxpayer paying for it, British taxpayer paying for it, Canada taxpayer paying for it. And nobody's winning the war. Nobody wins war. Dead bodies, people suffering from PTSD, nobody wins war. And and they put people through all of this because of what? It could have been avoided, you know?
1: Um, James, just a quick reminder, though. Remember, we suffer from amnesia. Those were our international stories coming up after the music break. We have stories out of North America. Here's some more from Aaliyah. She is our hashtag WCWRT for today. Woman Crush Wednesday.
0: Here's the old school with the new school. Here's the old school with the new school. Here's the old school.
1: Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. And to everyone logged on to JanoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on instagram at moments underscore with underscore me underscore media it is hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday and we are featuring the music of alia you're on Clubhouse and have not already done so, don't forget to go ahead and click on the greenhouse at the top of the page and follow the club. And thank you so much for sharing the space on your social media platforms as well as in these Clubhouse streets. Also, you can download the Jano Radio app and take us on the go with you. J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And now it's time for stories out of North America. This story comes to us courtesy of the Associated Press. Iowa Assistant General uh, Sues Des Moines Police over protest arrest. Hmm. An assistant attorney general in Iowa is suing the city of Des Moines and its police chief over his arrest during a June 2020 racial justice protest, alleging, alleging, sorry, that he was tackled, pepper sprayed and handcuffed for no reason. The lawsuit filed by assistant attorney general Paxton Williams is among at least eight cases filed against the Des Moines police. The Des Moines Register reported cases involve protests following George Floyd's death in the custody of Minneapolis police. Paxton, who is black, alleges police used unnecessary and excessive force in arresting him in front of his home. The lawsuit, filed May 31 in Polk County District Court, says Williams felt the effects of the pepper spray for several days and suffered shoulder, arm and hip pain. According to court records, a failure to disperse citation that Williams received was dismissed under an agreement requiring him to avoid further criminal charges for six months. A representative for the police department did not immediately respond Tuesday to an email seeking comment about the lawsuit. A spokesperson for the attorney general's office, Lynn Hicks, declined to comment, calling it a personal matter. Paxton is also suing a police sergeant and 10 unnamed officers. Paxton alleges the sergeant told him hours after his arrest that police video refuted Paxton's claims. Our next story out of Miami Gardens, courtesy of WSVN, a three-year-old boy dies after being found unresponsive in a hot car. According to Miami Gardens Police, the child was found unresponsive inside the parked car at the Lubovitch Educational Center on Monday afternoon. Paramedics transported the boy to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. Speaking with 7 News on Tuesday, a neighbor who lives near the boy's home described the family as loving and said the children always looked happy. According to a 7 News source, the toddler's parents are Rabbi Menachem Tober and Nakama Tober. The center's public relations firm told 7 News that this was a horrific accident. They said... Menachem works at the center and was dropping off the boy or dropping the boy off at camp on Monday morning before heading to work. But somehow the three year old never made it out of the car. According to the Miami Herald, around 3 p.m., someone noticed that the child was missing from class. Later in the afternoon, the PR spokesperson said the boy was found, but it was too late. On Monday, temperatures were soaring in Miami Gardens. The heat index reached 101 degrees outside, which made it scorching inside the car. Temperatures inside the car could have reached as high as 172 degrees. Amber Rollins said parents should train themselves to look in the back seat even when they're not driving with children. Put something in the back seat, on the floor, in front of the car seat that you absolutely can't can't start your day without. The idea is not that these objects are more important than the child, but that we have to utilize them to move throughout our day. The boy's father was questioned by, by Miami Gardens police. It is currently unknown whether or not any charges will be filed. Miami Garden's police detectives are looking at different factors as they continue to investigate. A funeral for the boy was held in Palm Beach for loved ones and members of the community on Tuesday afternoon. His parents have asked for privacy. Uh, Javette, are you hearing anything? Javette, can you hear me? I
4: hear you now. You can hear Yeah, I can hear you now, but you went out for like a good, I don't know, five seconds, six seconds.
1: Okay. So I see what the problem is. (sighs) I don't know what's going on. We're with FPNL and internet today is being affected because of it. I don't know if they're doing work in the area, but I didn't get a notification, but we keep having these outages. Um, So it switched over. I had to physically switch over to data, so I do apologize. Um, But if I chip out, please let me know so I'm operating off of data, um, which is not the strongest because I keep getting the red bar as I'm talking to you. So let me know. Thank you so much, Javette. Appreciate it. Um, Rikers Island Correction Officer fired after inmate dies. This is the ninth death in NYC Department of Correction custody. This year, are you hearing a funny sound coming through as well?
4: Uh, you're good on my end. Okay,
1: all right, perfect. Thanks. The inmate identified as Elijah Mohammed, 31, was found unresponsive in his cell and declared dead on Sunday night. This is according to the statement from DOC Commissioner Louis Molina. It is heartbreaking when someone dies while in custody. We treat every death with the utmost seriousness and understand that it is our it is our mandate to keep every person entrusted in our care safe Molina's statement read A preliminary review of this incident required that we take immediate action against the staff involved and an officer was terminated the chief medical examiner has not yet determined the cause of muhammad's death according to the statement cnn has reached out to the city medical examiner's office for details on muhammad's autopsy it is not clear what part of the investigation led to the officers firing cnn has reached out to the union for city correction officers for comment muhammad's death is at least the ninth death of an inmate in DOC custody. Why is that so? A tenth death is not being counted by DOC officials because the inmate was found hanging in his cell but later died at a local hospital. The the city is roughly on pace with 2021 when 14 inmates died in city jails. This was also the year a DOC captain was charged with criminally negligent homicide after allegedly not helping a detainee as he hanged himself in a cell the inmate was being held at the manhattan detention complex hold on i have an issue with this sentence am i misinterpreting am i not understanding what it is saying the city is roughly on pace with 2021 when 14 inmates died in city jails as if to say this is good we're doing good so far that's what i'm getting from that statement oh we're on pace I don't know. Please tell me I'm misinterpreting that statement. Please tell me.
4: <laughs> no, you're not. But as old as that jail is, I'm surprised the numbers are so low.
1: Uh. <laughs> oh, geez, um. oh, boy. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Wow. Little league teams have pulled out of the North Carolina State Championship Tournament after gunshots erupted during a weekend um, game. The organizers said this on Monday in social media posts. Bear with me one moment, please. I just need to update something here real quick. I do apologize. Okay, here we go. Um, Yeah, so... Our 8U machine pitch team had to withdraw from the state championship tournament in Wilson, North Carolina, read Wilmington Little League's Monday announcement about its team for players 8 years old and under. We, along with coaches and parents, felt it was best for the boys that they be given, you know, this is given the circumstances. All players and families are safe and home at this time, it states. Pulling South Durham Little League's 8U Orange All-Star Team and the 9U All-Star Team from the tournament was not a decision made lightly that the league said Monday. But it's also not a difficult decision for us to make. The aborted youth sports seasons offer yet another example of how gun violence so often interrupts American life in places traditionally seen as safe, from schools to supermarkets to a holiday parade route. A spate of gunfire this spring near a youth baseball diamond in South Carolina sent players and coaches to the ground for safety. No one was hurt. Why are we taking weapons to Little League games? Is it? What's going on? Is it necessary? Go ahead, Rosolo. Go right ahead.
5: I'm driving, so I hope you can hear me. Yes. But I was yeah. gonna ask the same question because I remember Little League and
1: Okay, you chipped out.
5: Yeah.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah, go I'm ahead sorry. now. Go ahead. I'm I know, re- I, know I know you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> go I ahead. I
5: remember Little League. I remember my son in Little League. And I can't I can't for the life of me understand. Okay there would be any type of weapons in a narrow Little League field or in a Little League game. I just don't get it. The parents for Little League are aggressive enough on AU baseball. They're aggressive enough. We have to deal with them. We don't need to deal with anything else. It's just disappointing that now, you know, these kids can't even enjoy some. They're, they're, they're a sport that they, they love. They kick out the house because we have unruly people out there. I just don't understand why there are guns at a narrow Little League field. I'm sorry.
1: I don't get it either. Uh, I don't uh, well, I don't understand. yeah our two older sons used to play um, baseball when we lived in um, Georgia and yes you are right the parents are a little aggressive I will raise my hand on that one I'd be behind the picture it's not a little aggressive
5: it's not a little aggressive <laughs> How <They're, do> you- <laughs> yeah, y'all are overly aggressive the coaches cannot coach <laughs> we digress right now everyone the coaches cannot coach because you have parents who have never played baseball their entire <laughs> life screaming hit the ball Lift your arm up! Continue. Yes, that was me. That was and me. These poor little seven and seven year olds on the field pee peeing and you know, playing around, talking to each other, not paying any attention to the sport at all, <laughs> nervous. So
1: why would there be guns? Why would there be know. guns? I don't know. So I don't get oh, it. Oh yeah, that's a flashback for me. Marlon walked would walk away from me. <laughs> he would not stand near to me.
5: Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it either. I walked away from them. I sat in the corner all by myself <laughs> on the other end of the field by, like, outfield. I couldn't do it with those parents. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I was one of those. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get the
5: ball in. Get it in. Run, run, but can't run. But cannot pit again. But cannot pit again, people. Cannot. Good morning, everyone. But them, but you can't pit again. Can't pit again to oh play, we oh, used to play does with, the, does. with a little box. That's all you know yeah. about baseball. It's the closest thing oh you know to, run to a base.
1: Oh, listen, <laughs> that's what parents do, right? probably be like, chill, chill out. <laughs> yeah, so no need for guns at these little league games. But you know, let's just have family fun. Keep it friendly, right? Um. Tiva Pharmaceutical Industries and Abbey V's Allergen Unit on Tuesday reached a $58 million settlement with the United States City of San Francisco. Just before completion of a trial over claims that they fueled an opioid epidemic in the city. Under the deal announced by City Attorney of San Francisco, David Chu, Israel-based Tiva will pay $25 million in cash and contribute a 20 million dollar supply of the overdose reversal drug narkin abby v will pay 13 million this will bring significant resources to help with education prevention and treatment and the addition of tens of millions of dollars worth of overdose reversal medication will save lives in the Bay Area, said Paul Geller, a lawyer who represented the city in negotiating the settlement. Teva's settlement also resolves the city's claim against a drug distributor and ink, which is owned by Teva. San Francisco will receive $54 million, while $4 million will go toward attorney's fees. Today's settlement is another critical step forward in getting life-saving treatments to people suffering from opioid addiction. AbbVie confirmed the settlement and said it's discontinued branded opioid business had only a minimal market share nationwide. The settlement was reached before closing arguments in a trial that kicked off on April 25th. San Francisco will proceed with closing arguments on Tuesday against retail pharmacy chain Walgreens the last remaining defendant in the case. Parent company Walgreens Boots Alliance has denied wrongdoing. Teva and Allegren did not admit wrongdoing as part of the settlement. San Francisco accused Walgreens, Teva, Allergan and Ander of creating a public nuisance by flooding the city with prescription opioids and failing to prevent the drugs from being diverted for illegal use. The companies argued that they sold legal medication prescribed by doctors. San Francisco has been hit hard by the opioid crisis, which caused more than 500,000 overdose deaths nationwide in the past two decades, according to US data. Opioid-related health issues account for 25% of emergency room visits at the city's largest public hospital, and this is according to a court filing at the start of the trial. But can I ask a question? Why are you blaming the dispensaries? And I refer to pharmacists as dispensaries. That's the old-time name for them. Yes, um, that name has stuck with me. My aunt owned a pharmacy at uh, Natal Pharmacy. I remember that pharmacy so well. Spent many Saturdays there with her um, at the Natal Hospital. That's back in Kingston. But, um, so dispensary. How? Why are you blaming them? It's the doctors who are writing the prescription. I don't get it. The doctors are the ones that are prescribing the medication that are so legally. So how do you hold Walgreens and Teva, Allergan, and Ando of creating a public nuisance? I don't understand that. Make it make
2: sense to me. And and you see what you see. And you see why the term Black Lives Matter is important, because with the crack epidemic who paid for that no like it's just these bad ass people like they're doing this to themselves like they deserve what they get or whatever but when a different when when the color of the skin is different now and these people are doing the exact same thing no they need help and this is a sickness and blah 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 and and no, no lawsuit and education where was the education with the crack e- epidemic you know where was where's the lawsuit of of those like mothers that, that suffer, you know, because their son got hooked on, on, on crack and crack and, and sell out everything in the house. Nobody f- had any empathy for those people. They just say like, oh, these people are bad and they deserve what they get. Like you're you're an adult, you should know not to take this. But now people are popping pills, but because it the, the complexion of their skin is different, all of a sudden, empathy, you know, feel sympathize with, with the families and stuff like that. Yeah, that's why black life matters, because the, the skin color that's the only thing between this and, and the crack epi- epidemic
1: hmm. oh boy um tiva has been attempting to reach a nationwide settlement of its opioid liability uh, tiva chief executive Kerr schultz said on may 3rd that the company expects to reach a nationwide deal by the end of 2022 to pay about 2.6 billion dollars over 15 years Um, James what I will say is this Um, I agree with you I agree with you but a lot of times and let me remove that conjunction that's not the right one to use I shouldn't even put a conjunction there because it diminishes the effect of the the, the situation Um, many times unfortunately we have to rely on it happening to somebody else for us to be able to get any attention that's the unfortunate situation it's happening to us it doesn't matter not until it's at the footsteps the doorsteps of somebody else is when we pay attention how many times have we seen that isn't that the cycle we are irrelevant we're not important we don't matter until the same things are happening to somebody else, then and only then will there be an uprising. Will there be some change? Will there be some attention paid? What I will say is I'll be grateful that it is going to trickle down and our communities should be reaping benefits from this. They should be getting education. They should be there should be rather a turn for them as well.
2: Yeah, but but the thing is, it, it's not affecting the black community as much as it it's affecting um, the white community. And and the people like and that's why, as I, like history is one of the most important thing. History, like just like I can close my eyes and and remember Giuliani, when 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 Giuliani was praised for cleaning up New York. And the, the, the type of words that Giuliani used to describe Black people that were stuck and that was on crack, the, the words that he used to describe them, right now, like... I don't think he could use those same words right now without... something bad happening to him. But the words that he used, and people, even people in our community, in Black community, was saying, oh, yeah, he has a point, is thing. Those guys were never thought of as being sick, right? They, they were just animals. Like the words that he used to describe them were like animals. They weren't sick. But now you have someone of a different complexion now who, who like they're, they're trying to make it seem like most of these people that are hooked on this stuff is like, oh, you're going for a hip replacement and, and doctor prescribed this for you and, and, and you're using your, your, your on, on it. That's not majority. A lot of the people that are hooked on this type of stuff are party party drugs. Like, people use it for, for fun. You know, there, there are people that get hooked on it for a different reason, but people go out and pop it because they're having fun. But all of a sudden, these people, oh, these people are, you know, like, we feel bad for them, like we need to educate the community. They're not animals, right? They're not animals for, <laughs> for doing this. But, but But back in the days... Back in the days, like, it was okay for Julian to to call black people animals because they were stuck on crack and and, and did nothing. The government should have been the one being sued for allowing drugs to flood the market of America. But nobody nobody sued the government. The government didn't take responsibility. They lock up black men, they kill them, and they call them animals. And now people are sick when it's happening to other people. They're sick. They need help. Black people didn't need help. They weren't sick. But there's, there's, there's one caveat to the
4: story.
1: Yeah.
4: So people knew that crack came in through the government, right? But you couldn't point to one person with these drugs because they have to be prescribed. You have a trail now that you can go back and find the doctor or the, the salesperson at going from hospital to hospital because it has to be prescribed that's the biggest difference okay. you okay. actually have some breadcrumbs to follow to go back to accuse someone specifically
6: mm-hmm.
4: for distributing these opioids okay you didn't have that with crack mm. at
1: least you had it well, but you couldn't know. point the fingers on that right right right, right. <laughs> that makes sense Thank you so much, Javed, and thank you, James. In My Opinion, this article of In My Opinion is courtesy of CNN, written by Jill Filipovich. Stop cheering for a fetus's right to ride in an HOV lane. A pregnant Texas woman who was pulled over for driving alone in the high-occupancy vehicle HOV lane meant for cars carrying at least two people has turned the state's strict anti abortion law on its head, claiming to police who stopped her in Dallas that she had a passenger in the car, her fetus. Brandy Baton got a ticket anyway. According to the Dallas Morning News, which first reported the interaction, Baton told the officer there was another person in her car, her baby girl, due in early August. In recalling the argument she made to police during the encounter, she told CNN. I'm not trying to make a huge political stance here, but do you understand that this is a baby? It seems Texas's strict anti-abortion law, which defines an unborn child as an individual living member of the Homo sapiens species, only applies when it can be used against women, not when it can help them get out of a traffic ticket. Baton, told CNN that her own views on the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade aren't really why I made the stance that I did. Nonetheless, some abortion rights supporters chaired her actions, using social media to broadcast how pleased they are to see a clear example of the absurdity of defining a fetus as a separate individual person. HOV lanes, after all, are supposed to incentivize carpooling to cut down on traffic congestion and environmental damage. A fetus doesn't exactly have an option to be in a separate vehicle or anywhere else. It is understandable, given how disheartening the last weeks have been for those of us who believe women have a fundamental right to bodily autonomy, to want to chair for the moments that clarify just how dystopian anti-abortion laws really are. But as satisfying as this gotcha moment might be, establishing a fertilized egg, embryo, or fetus as a separate person imbued with the same rights as you or I is a step down a dangerous path. It is absurd to be sure, but it's also incredibly perilous for women's rights and for a reality-based society more broadly. Fetal personhood laws, which anti-abortion groups are pushing and which could extend legal rights to fertilized eggs even before a pregnancy is established, would take us to a farcical end. They would make abortion murder and could very well also outlie many common fertility treatments, including in vitro fertilization IVF as well as several of the most effective and popular forms of birth control but making a fetus as a person under the law would call much more into question as well for example when does child support begin America has birthright citizenship but if birth is no longer the starting point of legal personhood is any person conceived on U.S. soil an American citizen And how would one even prove the location of one's conception? Can a woman who had sex on a fertile day drive in the HOV lane 48 hours later if she's pretty sure she's pregnant, given that there's no way to test to see if your egg was just fertilized? What kind of proof would a traffic cop need? More seriously, Given that as many as half of fertilized eggs don't implant and are flushed out of a woman's body before she even knows she's pregnant and that as many as one in five known pregnancies ends in miscarriage, what kind of legal investigations and criminal liabilities might women face when their fertilized eggs don't become pregnancies or their fetuses die? When a child dies unexpectedly and inexplicably, The state routinely investigates, and if a parent did something that led to the child's death, they might be charged with murder or criminal neglect. Do we trust that states that have already criminalized women for having a miscarriage or using drugs while pregnant won't prosecute pregnant women who miscarry if they do something that research suggests could pose risk to a fetus? For example, smoking, being under or overweight, drinking several cups of coffee, eating deli meats, ordering a steak medium rare, sitting in a hot tub, or cleaning the cat's litter box. If a fertilized egg is deemed a person, America's mortality rate will immediately become the highest in the world. Suddenly, a majority of Americans will die before they are ever born. Imbuing a fertilized egg with full personhood rights would also put women's health at risk. Take ectopic pregnancies where the fertilized egg implants somewhere outside of the uterus, typically in the fallopian tube. These pregnancies will never turn into live births. Instead, they risk rupturing the fallopian tube as they grow, putting the pregnant woman's life at risk. There are a variety of treatments for ectopic pregnancies, but the most responsible ones remove or stop the pregnancy while preserving the woman's fertility. Establish a fertilized egg as a person, though, and it gets more complicated. Stopping an ectopic pregnancy from growing with a shot of methotrexate, for example, may no longer be on the table. Instead, the only option may be what some religious Catholic practitioners recommend Treat the woman and the fertilized egg as two patients with equal rights, which means that you can't just remove a life-threatening ectopic pregnancy. You have to cut out a woman's entire fallopian tube and let the fertilized egg die as a result. According to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, in certain cases, such aggressive uterine cancer or ectopic pregnancy It is morally licit to remove the threat to the mother's life by removing the cancerous uterus or by removing part or all of the fallopian tube where the child implanted, even though it is foreseeable that the child will die as an indirect and unintended effect of such surgery. What is not allowed under this theory of pro-life medicine is preserving a woman's fertility by simply removing the ectopic pregnancy. A pregnant woman diagnosed with, say, cervical cancer may not be allowed a full range of treatments and may not be allowed to end a pregnancy in order for her cancer to be treated most effectively. This isn't speculation. In 2012, a teenage girl in the Dominican Republic died from leukemia after being denied appropriate treatment because she was pregnant. Even in the U.S., Catholic hospitals have denied women the most appropriate care, instead compromising their health and risking their lives because they deemed a fetus even one that was not going to survive to be just as important or more important than the woman carrying it. Personhood and other laws that imbue a fertilized egg with the same rights and liberties as a born person would extend these ridiculous and dangerous policies far and wide and could go further still none of that seems worth a free ride in the hov lane and that was in my opinion courtesy of cnn written by jill filipovich and the views expressed by her are not those of moments with me media nor qmz radio nor jano radio.com coming up after the music break we do have um business and tech news and health and science news. Here's more from Aliyah, and she's our hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday artist for today.
6: Uh. From chasing the cat to on the tree. Uh-huh. Let me see what I gotta see. Do what I gotta do. Dog, for lie, but keep it true. Every once in a while I break out the backyard. roam uh-huh. and get reckless, but I still know that home is home. Aight. And when I get there, I'ma sit there. Take a up uh, there. Uh-huh. Put my dick uh, there. Do I handle my business? Yeah. I run till I bust my gun and empty the clip. And if I come home, we gotta go. Just give, give me the A I've been stuck with the street Come on.
1: Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and subscribe to the YouTube channel moments with me media, like share comment and click on that notification bell. It is hashtag WCW woman crush Wednesday and our artist for today is Alia. For quality music while you work easy listening Log on to QMZRadio.com. Makes that work day go by so much faster.
0: My love is right here for you. And I'm down to give you every part of me. Can't you see? All that you need. All that you
1: need. Coming up right after this, we have business and tech news. Stay tuned.
0: All that you
1: need. All that you need. Time for business and tech news. Starbucks is to close 16 stores, citing personal safety concerns. This story comes to security of CNN, courtesy of CNN Business. Starbucks is planning to close 16 locations across various cities, citing safety concerns. After careful consideration, we're closing some stores in locations that have experienced a high volume of challenging incidents that make it unsafe to continue to operate, a spokesperson told CNN Business in an email. The stores are in Seattle, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Portland, Oregon. They will be closed by the end of July. The decision comes as Starbucks works to change the company culture under interim CEO, Howard Schultz, and as employees across the country vote to unionize. In a Monday letter to employees, Debbie Stroud and Denise Nelson, both senior vice presidents of U.S. operations, discussed safety in Starbucks stores. Employees are seeing firsthand the challenges facing our communities, personal safety, racism, lack of access to health care, a growing mental health crisis, rising drug use, and more. That's what they wrote. Adding that with stores in thousands of communities across the country, we know these challenges can at times play out within our stores too. Stroud and Nelson said they read every incident report. Adding, it's a lot. To make workers feel safer in stores, the company is offering active shooter training and other types of training. It's also offering mental health benefits, access to abortion care, clarity around shifts and store policies and more, the letter stated. The company also may close restrooms to the public, overturning a 2018 policy. In cases where it isn't able to create a safe environment in a store, Starbucks will close it permanently, the letter said. In those instances, the company will move employees to neighboring stores. I thought having a restroom available to the, to the public was a mandate. I didn't know you could have a choice. I didn't know that. So Starbucks facilitates people spending their their entire day there, because a lot of people use it as an office. A lot of realtors use it as an, as an office. Um, you know, they sit down, set up their laptops, yada, yada, yada. So if you're there for the day doing work, what, where do you go to use the restroom? Or is that they no longer want people hanging out in their um, locations?
2: It, it, depends on, it depends on the zoning. There are certain things that you can do to, to get away from not having a public washroom. Because a public washroom for, for a lot of small, especially smaller size, like restaurants, coffee, takeout place. Are like more hassle than like it does more bad than good for those businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think with, with public health, I know, I know here, like what you can do, like they have a, a certain um, seating restrictions. So, like, if you like for my space, like if you sit, if you want to, to close off the washroom to the public, you just have to adjust your seating and then you can see like eight people. But then once you go over eight, then um, you have to have a washroom for for a public washroom, so there there are ways to get around it.
1: But James, I have a concern where that is where that is uh, with that. Here's the thing: we we're talking about um, safe practices. People need to be able to wash their hands. Even people hold on to the doors, they come in, they touch things, and then you're they're handing food. And at some point, even though you may try your best they touch something that you go and touch and then you touch something else that's passed on to someone else. So there's a transfer of germs and bacteria and possibly the transfer of, gym, of germs, sorry, right? So if I come into a, rest, in a, into a restaurant, I want to be able to wash my hands before I sit down and eat. Th- that, that's how I'm looking at it. And when you do that now, you, you cut off access to the restroom. Aren't you kind of in a way increasing the risk of the transfer of disease and germs and bacteria making it unsafe unhealthy i
2: I think i think if they try to go because a lot of coffee shops some of the ones um that i go to like a lot of them are like grab and go so like i think i think if they try to make it more grab and go but uh, the challenge is because starbucks is one of those places that people use as an office so so that would be a challenge um but if if you try to make it more like a grab and go then then you can't do that because like for me like my restaurant one of the challenges that i've had because like my washroom i put a clothes sign on it um and i make it i try to control it where like i can say to the person no or i can say yes because i've been having issues over the years with You know, especially people that are not patrons come in and use the washroom. And then when you go down there, you find drugs, you find needles, you find all type of stuff. Okay. So so that's one of the challenges with a lot of the small, because people just, like, I had an incident where this lady went down there and used drug and passed out out there for, like, an hour. So that's when I made the decision that, nope, like, I'm going to control it. Because, you know, like, in major cities, like, People are using a lot of needles and stuff like that now. Yeah. So I think I think it's more of a challenge than like you'd have to be inside the business to realize how much of a challenge it is. Uh-huh. So I think I can see like restaurants who want to close because well, most of the restaurants here, you can't just walk in and use a washroom anyway. They have a key and you have to purchase something or or whatever. And they try to control it because of that reason. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. I understand what you're saying. In that case. I wouldn't want, for me, as a restaurant owner, I would not want to have seating but no access to the restroom. If, and I, I, I totally understand and I totally agree that the restroom should be for patrons. That makes a whole lot of sense, right? Um, yeah, they have to be a customer. I get it. I, I have to think this through a little more. Um, But I kind of find it hard for for, um, Starbucks that encourages and fosters the idea that you can use it as an office or a a study hall, a relaxation space for them to consider wanting to cut off um, access to a restroom. I I kind of find that a little weird. Um,
2: I can see why why they would close them, though, because trust me, it's an asshole. Because as I said, like I found some stuff in my washroom that I can't even talk about. Like it's. (laughs) <laughs> like yes, so like I can see because in a in a country where you where you have rights, yeah. like even crack even crackhead people on drugs have rights too, and they know it. Yeah. So like I can I can see it is being like say, you know what? Instead of us going through this hassle, let's just close the restaurant. Yeah. Like I can see why they would do that because trust me, it's it's like it's a big hassle. Yeah. Like and in North America, Canada and America consume probably about eighty percent of the world's drugs. Like every every other country is a transshipment route trying to get to North America. Yeah. So there's a lot of people on drugs in North America and, and they cause problems everywhere they go. So I can see why they would do that.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you, James. About twenty million Americans quit to their jobs in the first five months of this year in what's come to be known as the Great Resignation. Many now regret the decision, according to a new survey. More than one quarter of those who left work are reconsidering whether they made the right move. This is according to a study of more than 15,000 job seekers conducted over the past three months by Joblist, an artificial intelligence job search platform. The surge in resignations has been linked to COVID risks in the workplace, new opportunities created by work from home and a general sense that Americans have been rethinking their professional lives amid the turmoil of a pandemic. The level of job quits this year is roughly double what it was a decade ago, but the job list survey found a range of reasons why some of those who left are having second thoughts. Many Americans now feel more urgency to find work amid signs that job market conditions are poised to change. About half of job seekers anticipate that the labor market will get worse over the next six months also among those who found a new job after quitting 42 percent say that it has not lived up to their expectations some also found that they missed colleagues social connection is often an underrated one says kevin harrington job ceo many people spend as much time at work as they do with family and friends for those who build strong personal relationships with colleagues it can make a huge impact on how they view their job and how likely they are to stay in it. The level of regret varied by profession. Healthcare workers placed under immense strain by the pandemic were the least likely to feel that they made a mistake. According to the job list survey, with just 14% of those who quit their jobs saying they regret it. Hmm. All right. Uh, sports news. According to the Collin County Medical Examiner's Office, former Dallas Cowboy running back Marion Barber III died from heat stroke. Authorities found Barber 38 dead on June 1 at an apartment he was believed to have been renting in the Dallas suburbs while performing a welfare check. According to a Frisco police spokesman, Barber died of an accidental heat stroke. Billy Clark, a friend of Barber's and an attorney, told NBC Dallas Fort Worth um, that Barba was, was in excellent shape and had been preparing to be a boxer. Barba spent six seasons as a cowboy playing from 2005 through 2010. He retired in 2012 after spending one season with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, so unfortunate. Heat stroke. got to protect yourselves regardless of the color of your skin got to protect yourself wear protective clothing wear that sunscreen hydrate 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 as much as possible all right another quick break and then we have Caribbean corner a little more Aaliyah I got you we heard I've heard some Aaliyah songs today that um I haven't heard in a very long time here's another one I got you back
0: I always wonder how I keep a man They've been trying for so long And still don't understand It's not the things I say It's the way I say it That keeps them locked down Baby, keep it real. Do one to me yeah. as I do.
1: Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. JohnNoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you're listening to Coffee in Toe, world news on the go. Every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram at moments with me media and subscribe to the YouTube channel Moments with Me Media. Today's hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and we are playing the songs of Aaliyah. This is one of my favorite songs, Rock the Boat. Coming up right after this, we have our Caribbean quarter. Stay tuned. now it's time for stories out of the Caribbean corner. Barbados beckons the Caribbean for ultimate crop over experience. The Caribbean has long been an important market for Barbados, especially when it comes to the country's festivals. With Barbados' leading festival crop over returning after a two-year hiatus thanks to the pandemic restrictions, the island is once again beckoning its regional visitors to its shores. To that end, Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc (BTMI) is running a campaign geared specifically to Caribbean travelers. The Ultimate Crop Over Experience campaign beckons regional visitors to reacquaint themselves and for the first times be introduced and for the first timers, I read that wrong, be introduced to the Crop Over festival. The campaign has been rolled into St Vincent and is now offering citizens of that country as well as St Lucia jamaica trinidad and guyano to a an experience yes come out and experience the festival yourselves crop over kicks off a season of festivals that are returning this year among them run barbados marathon in december garrett said barbados is open for business and open for weekend getaways we understand how people travel and what they are looking for as part of the country's summer campaign All travelers can benefit from savings on various packages up to 60% off until the end of August. For more information, visit BarbadosSummerSavings.com. Yeah. Marlon, please log on to BarbadosSummerSavings.com. Yeah, that's all I'm going to leave there right there. Mm -hmm. Yep. My birthday is coming up in September, so sounds good to me. Barbados. Summersavings.com. I've said it how many times now? Three? Y'all heard me, right? Good. Hunger is set to worsen in Haiti amid worsening gang violence, high costs of food, and rising inflation. The United Nations World Food Program has warned, putting humanitarian assistance efforts in the crisis-stricken nation at risk. In a statement on Tuesday, WFP said insecurity around the Haitian capital, Port-au-Prince, where gangs have blocked roads and seized control of neighbourhoods, has made it difficult for people to access and afford food. More than one million people in the capital are already food insecure, and deliveries of homegrown supplies such as bananas cannot get there by road, because the trucks are at risk of getting shot at or held up along the way this is according to Jean Martin Ba WFP's Haiti country director large parts of the population have been cut off from the economic heart of the country he said armed gangs have also blocked the road leading to Haiti's southern peninsula cutting 3.8 million people living in the southern departments off from Port-au-Prince the violence has forced WFP to use maritime routes to send aid to the country's southern and northern areas, it said, while humanitarian workers must be transported by air with the UN's Humanitarian Air Service. Wow. Um, We could have put the $1.7 billion into Haiti. Couldn't we have to try to restore some sense of normalcy to um, fix issues in Haiti? But... mm, don't let me digress. This is a whole nother conversation. Our next story, courtesy of the Jamaica Observer, Flow Foundation empowers a digital education program. Dwight Murdoch is a 32-year-old young man who dreams of one day securing a better future for himself and his son knowing well that dreams require action to realize them murdoch signed up for the flow foundation's training for professionals digital education program with a plan to improve his professional development and maximize his opportunities he is currently employed to manpower and maintenance services on its janitorial staff but wants to better himself for future growth and capitalize on the digital economy developing before his eyes to that end He has completed the Microsoft certification curriculum and has moved on to telephone skills to help him become a better communicator. I believe it is important to upgrade yourself and I know that having computer skills is the way to creating a better future for myself and my family, said Murdoch. I am doing this course because I want to be able to upgrade my skills so that I will be able to take up opportunities that may come my way. I have completed Microsoft certification and moving on to other courses that will improve my professional skills. He further added, I have a young son to provide for, so this is very important to me. I'm going to be a good role model for him, and I'm really grateful for this opportunity to do this course. The FLO Foundation introduced two digital education programs, Skills for the Future and Training of Professionals in response to the needs for Jamaicans to develop strong digital capabilities. The Skills for the Future uh, offers courses in the fundamentals of digital training and provides facilitators to support the students. Students in this program have the option to advance to the Training for Professionals program For more specialized tutoring both programs are free let me say that again both programs are free and I'm stressing that because we like to complain that there is no access to training both programs are free students can work at their own pace and they receive a certificate upon completion Murdoch said he was motivated to do the course because of his desire for self-improvement, something we talk about all the time. You have to want it for yourself. Nobody's going to put it in your lap. He wanted it, he had the desire, and he went after it. He who seeks shall find. He believes there are many opportunities out there but believes the right training is required to capitalize on them. In the future, he plans to enter agriculture. Mm, I'm liking this because this is something that a lot of young Jamaicans are not wanting to get involved in. And if you don't plant, you can't eat, you can't reap, you can't eat, right? And believes digital literacy is necessary for tasks such as recording information and researching new farming methods. Digital education is central to everything right now, so I would encourage everyone to get the training and develop yourself, Murdoch stated. The Training for Professionals program is conducted in partnership with one-on-one educational services and provides participants with access to over 100 courses from accredited online training institutions. These programs help participants to build self-confidence, improve their employability, and pursue entrepreneurship. Good for you young man let me give you a round of applause because I'm encouraging you and I would encourage you to encourage others this is a recommendation I would like to make to the minister of education if it is on if it is not already um, happening i strongly believe the government needs to see to it under the guidance and the directorship of the minister of education see to it that every single school in Jamaica, every single school has free or subsidized internet from basic school right up to high school, at least. And the reason I'm saying this is that the world is changing. It has changed, and we need to catch up. The access to... Um, The internet should not be a luxury. It should be deemed as a necessity. And I believe that if children from as early as basic school, elementary school, have access to it, we can open up a world of opportunity for them. Because we had a discussion, I I think it was in um, O'Neill's room earlier this week, um, the Situation Room, about what can be done well this is my suggestion and I would encourage other young men who feel stuck and who are sitting and waiting for people to put things in their laps go out do the groundwork pound that pavement and find the opportunities that are provided there are opportunities that are free of cost Empower yourselves. Stop sitting down and saying, nah, guan, fimi. Make something happen for yourself. We have this mentality that we're waiting for, for people to bail us out all the time. We need to shift to that. A lot of you who are lining up at Western Union or MoneyGram or having funds wired to you. Instead of going to a dance or getting the, the, a new weave or put on the eyelashes that compete with um, the wings of a plane, I swear some of y'all are going to take off. Just need to see you running down the runway or getting the nails. Invest in yourselves. It's not as though you don't have the money. And I don't want anybody to tell me, oh, them not have it. Them have it. Them have it. Them have it. I've seen the lines. I've heard about the lines. Them have it. It's just that. They don't want to use it to invest in themselves. If somebody, and some of them believe you me, know how to hustle the phones, use the phones. They call Auntie Pat, Sister Lana, Brother James, my friend Betty. And by the time they finish the call, some of them probably get a good 500 U.S., some 1,000 U.S. by the time they hustle out everybody for the month, right? Yeah, they, they hustle everybody out. And here is something I want Jamaicans who are aspiring to go abroad or those who have got the opportunity to come abroad. Stop telling people, don't no worry yourself, my I'm going to look after you, you now. I'm send back things for you Stop doing that. And here's why I'm saying stop doing it. Because the people you're telling that, they're doing the very thing. They're going to sit down and wait for you to turn around and mind them. Because you promised them that you're going to make it to the streets that are lined with gold and trees with dollars hanging off. That you're going to just pick and send to them. And then you get here and you're bit slapped in your face. When the bills start, hit your left, right and center. you want. A weekend off, and you can't get the weekend off. Sometimes you have to take up two, three job. You have to find every side hustle in the world to be able to survive. Because after two weeks, the Jamaicans that are putting you up start, the, the, the smile turns into a frown. I can't maintain you anymore, you no. light bill, can't manage it anymore. You need to go, go find your own place to live. And then you have to move out and you find your own place to live. And you are stomped because now you have to come for that $2,000 for the rent. Then you have to get a vehicle. You don't have the cash to buy a vehicle, right? So you have to take out vehicle payments. And you have to pay insurance to be able to put the vehicle on the road. You have your light bill, phone bill, and the bills. To, and then you can't send the money home. And what happens to the people at home? Them start costs you. Lord, the girl gone a foreign and she, she just forget about what we saw. Now she did tell us Sir, when she reached a foreign, she'll go send back things. away. somebody things them there. And then you are trying to scramble things together. You find yourself going to the Salvation Army or Goodwill or to food banks to try and put a barrel together to take shame out of your eye. And then you send it down and... The people them no want it, them say, Oh yeah, send this come give. With the name brand things them them. in a beard with this iris spring me want. And what them I go with them dollar tree things that no, do better. Yeah, they're foreign. Do better. That's the mentality. And we create that mentality within them. I'm not saying you can't help. But stop encouraging them to sit by the wayside and wait for you to look after them while you bust your ass and For the people who live up north, I don't know how y'all do it. How many feet of snow are you still? I forgot the people that work. And everybody at home sit down waiting. I got Western Union this weekend, go collect my money. I got my hair, off the door, nails off the door, I got door. nails, I got my new outfit. I got to dance, while I keep this weekend. Yes. So think about what you're doing. How you're truly investing in your country, in your people. How are you truly making them want to do better? Say, hey, find a course I'll pay for the course and you go. Do that instead. Hold them to a higher standard. You want a business? No problem. Drop the, the business plan, or make a talk about it, and let me get the things for you. No, I'm not sending the money to you because you just fall in that bucket of the number that they can pick out, shake up the bucket, I call that. One. Oh, naturalist number come up. Yeah, naturalist one. You want to, sit, to cut off my water? You know, they haven't asked naturalist how things. Go? How are you feeling? You you, you eat today? You're managing all right. They don't give you a chance to answer. What, Guan you want light out for cut off, you know. We can fix it. And I applaud this gentleman, I applaud this young man for wanting better for himself. He's a janitor, but he's not settling. He's doing what he can to improve himself. And you know, he said something in this article that I like. And here's, you know, call me Jafik and all you want. But you can't chip the patois 24-7 and expect to reach nowhere. If I, Really and truly. I, I'm just going to be honest about it. Because you have some Jamaicans that say, Oh, me now chat, tap chat my patois. I they can't understand me, I so And then... When you don't get opportunities, I eat, them a hate pa me you now. Them a hate pa me, them a try all me done. Them no want me progress. But if the environment requires that you conduct yourself a certain way, don't you think you need to be adaptable? Nobody is saying that you're to get rid of the your pato, but there's a thing called time and place. Time and place. He said he wants to improve his professional skills. He wants to be able to improve his communication skills. So he realizes that there is a need for him to do something. Because the way he communicates now can only take him so far. Yes. And I laugh. Because a lot of Jamaicans right here in the U.S. say, Oh, if them can't understand, we have fit them problem that. But yet. They have their jobs here and they fall in line and they speak English when they're on the jobs but they're going to tell other people to go on chat your patwa and I'm about the tail of a stop chat. Time and place, folks. Time and place. Don't limit yourselves by being so headstrong. Don't do it to yourselves. Right? That's my rant for today. Fueled by this inspiring article. Good for you, Dwight Murdoch, 32 year old young man who not only dreams, but is actually realizing them through action. A woman was freed of a cybercrime in the Kingston and St. Andrew Parish Court on Tuesday after the complainant, her husband's mistress, decided not to pursue a case against her. It was revealed in court that the accused, a Jamaican who now resides in the United States, found a sexually explicit photograph of the complainant in her husband's phone in April 2017. An argument ensued between the couple and the man was thrown out of the house they shared. However, the issue did not end there. It was disclosed that a feud was ignited between the two women and it was alleged that the accused logged into her husband's Facebook account and sent the picture to two of the complainant's friends with a message threatening to make the picture go viral if the complainant did not stop sending pictures of herself to the husband. Court documents stated that after the complainant confronted the husband, He denied sending any such message through the social media platform. Sometime later, the complainant started receiving numerous WhatsApp messages and voice notes from a particular number. It is alleged that in one of the voice notes, the accused confessed to sending out the pictures from the husband's Facebook account. Hence, the complainant made a report to the police. That is what the court was told by the prosecution, who confirmed that the number belongs to the one accused listed on file. It was also disclosed in court (laughs) i'm sorry that the that the police's cyber crime department was in possession of a voice note in which the accused admitted to sending the photograph by way of her husband's social media account the wife was later charged with use of computer of a computer for malicious communication under section 9 of the cyber crimes act however The accused woman's attorney said the matter arose out of a civil case back in 2017 when the complainant allegedly wore a number of the wife's clothes, which were left at the house she lived in Jamaica with her husband before migrating to the U.S. The wife reportedly sued the complainant because, according to the lawyer, she didn't want those clothing. The wife's attorney said the civil case was settled and the complainant paid the stipulated amount. He also asked the judge to allow his client to travel back to the U.S. as she's scheduled to leave the island today. While the judge, Maxine Dennis McPherson, was very clear that she's not inclined to give the accused woman permission to travel, she also asked both ladies if they wished to discuss the issues they have and come to a resolution. They both agreed what i'm understanding from this is that there is an underlying issue the animosity between the two females was (laughs) dealt with in the civil court let me ask you something really and this would at the court fine jamaica no but what's his name the the man the man the man the husband you careless and whatless you're going to have your side chick come to the house and wear your wife's clothing? Really? If you can't afford side chick, don't take up side chick. Because side chick costs more than wife. If you cannot afford a side chick, do not take up side chick on your head. Please don't do it. Side chick is not for everybody. Your pocket are fill long and deep for side chick. Don't do it. And then you're going to waste the court's time. And, lady, ladies, your problem is not with each other. Your problem is with the man, if you ask me. I don't know why you're taking the other woman to court. That don't make no sense. The problem is the man, not, not her. And I'm going to tell you this. The wife you live a foreign, you can't control what a man going to do down there. Sad to say, but it is the truth. You cannot control what the man do down there. You is in Right? But this re- didn't really need to go to court. To me, this is a waste of the court's time. If I were the judge, I would have thrown them all out of the court. Don't waste my time. As a matter of fact, I should charge all three of you for coming in front of me with this foolishness. Husbands, don't take up side chicks if you can't afford them to give them their own wardrobes. Let that be a lesson. In our story out of Latin America, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador agreed to spend $1.5 billion over the next two years to improve smart border technology during meetings Tuesday with President Joe Biden. A move the White House says shows neighborly cooperation succeeding where Trump administration vows to wall off the border and have Mexico pay for it. (laughs) That never happened. We know how that went. I think um, Obrador... (laughs) (laughs) pretty much told off Trump, right? We ain't building a damn wall. No damn wall. Um, A series of agreements the two countries hammered out as their leaders spoke called for several other concrete moves, including expanding the number of work visas, the U.S. issues, creating a bilateral working group on labor migration pathways and worker protections, and welcoming more refugees. Both also pledged to continue joint patrols of Mexico and Guatemala to hunt human smugglers along their shared border. But the Biden administration hailed securing border funding from Mexico years after failed attempts by Donald Trump. All right, so something came out of that. Uh, The Biden administration extends TPS protection for Venezuelans. The United States has extended temporary protected status for Venezuela. Uh, For an additional 18 months, shielding Venezuelans residing in the U.S. as of early March 2021 from potential deportation. In a statement on Monday, U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas said that Venezuelans in the country as of March 8 last year would be eligible to apply. Mayorkas said the move was one of many ways the Biden administration is providing humanitarian support to Venezuelans at home and abroad. TPS is a designation that allows the U.S. government to shield foreign nationals already in the country from deportation when it is deemed not safe for them to return to their home countries due to armed conflict, natural disaster, or other temporary conditions. Venezuela is experiencing a widespread refugee crisis as escalating violence. A lack of access to basic goods, including food and medicine, and political uncertainty have pushed more than 6 million people to flee the country, according to the United Nations. Last month, thousands of migrants, mostly from Central America and Venezuela, set off on foot from southern Mexico towards the U.S. border in search of asylum. But Monday's DHS, DHS order does not redesignate TPS for Venezuela, meaning that those who have come to the U.S. since March 8, 2021, will not be eligible, drawing criticism from migration advocates. Hmm, okay. Okay. All right. No comment. No comment on that. Um... Are we working, you know what, I'm commenting. Are we working with Venezuela or are we not working with Venezuela? What are we doing? feel like we're in a tango with Venezuela. That's how it feels to me. I don't know. <laughs> Sit down with Venezuela, please. Yes, I appreciate you're doing the TPS for the people who are here um i hope it's being done for everyone that's all i'm gonna say not gonna put any wood in the fire but i hope it's being done for everyone but sit down with the venezuelan leader that's in power not the one you think is in power the one that's actually in power right do that yeah um (laughs) It's time for another quick break. When we return, it is Believe It or Not Stories, followed by Entertainment News. Here is Aaliyah, or hashtag WCW artist.
0: I'm so down Seems like you need loving Baby you need a girl like me around right. hey, my baby Tell me why you cry Here take my hand and yeah.
1: To all of our listeners logged on to qmzradio.com, the Quality Music Zone, and johnnoradio.com, and of course, everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with Me. You're listening to Coffee in Toll, World News on the go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Take us on the go. Also for music while you work, it's QMZradio.com, the quality music zone.
0: And try and it.
1: today it is hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday and our artist for today is alia i like the song for one reason dust yourself off and try again inspiring words you may not always get it right you may stumble and fall down but don't give up never give up if you believe in something Do everything you can to follow through that vision, that dream, that opportunity, right? Nobody can want it for you. You got to want it for yourself, right? And now it's time for Believe It or Not Stories. A Missouri husband sentenced to life. Yep. He will spend the rest of his life behind bars after being charged with using a mallet to murder his pregnant wife in 2019. In April, a jury found Beau Rothwell guilty of murder, tampering with evidence and leaving a corpse unattended. As a result of his wife's murder, he was sentenced to life without parole on Friday. Jennifer Rothwell was six weeks pregnant when she was killed. During Rothwell's trial, he admitted that Jennifer, 28, died after the couple argued over an affair that her husband was having. According to Rothwell, the dispute escalated into violence when he refused to identify the other woman. He claimed that Jennifer told him to keep his mystery blank. She then said to him that the child she was carrying wasn't his. A paternity test confirmed Rothwell's paternity. In a red haze, according to Rothwell 31, he struck Jennifer in the head with a mallet. He claimed he followed her as she staggered toward the garage door. In the heat of everything, I hit her again, Rothwell testified. I believe I cracked her skull. She fell unconscious and fell down the stairs. After killing his wife, he dumped her naked body in the woods about an hour from their home, cleaned the house with bleach and disposed of evidence in in a dumpster. Later, Rothwell filed a missing person report for his wife. Police uncovered blood and bleach wet carpeting while searching the home, and Rothwell led them to her body before he was taken into custody. According to search warrants previously obtained by People, Jennifer had used her phone to look up what to do if your husband is upset you are pregnant. That search was done on Google. Just a few months before killing Jennifer, Rothwell compiled a list of apparent advantages and disadvantages of divorcing his wife. The list was found in a notebook that Rothwell's manager found at his place of work and was presented as evidence in court. Rothwell listed the advantage of leaving his wife as nicer, proven mother, better sex life, more respect, and a fresh start. He then listed the disadvantages as Jennifer and her family have to move half my assets money possibly get another job and my family disappointment among other items in court on Friday Jennifer's family spoke about their loss Jennifer was a bright light in our lives, her mother Robin von Hausen said. We thought we would have more than twenty-eight years with her. Gone are the moments of joy with friends and relatives. Before receiving his sentencing, Rothwell addresses his wife's family and says, To Jennifer's family, words cannot describe how sorry I am. This should never have happened. Yeah, never should have happened.
4: Wow. That's all I can say as well.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a lifetime movie. The benefits of leaving your wife, nicer, proven mother, better sex life, more respect and a fresh start. Okay. A lot of people have listed those benefits as to why they want to leave their partner. And yes, people have listed disadvantages. Damn, I, and a lot of people stay in unhappy situations because they think about, Number one, the assets. I'm going to have to give up the house, give up the money, blase, blase. Family disappointment, have to move. Inconvenience. That's the title. Inconvenience, right? And they list the inconveniences. She finds out that you're having an affair. Yeah, she's within her right to say something to you because I don't endorse her going to the woman. I wouldn't have wanted to know who the woman is. I don't think it's important. Deal with the matter at hand. Let us find out what's going on. And she told you that she's pregnant with somebody else's child. She did that out of anger. Pick sense out of nonsense. You did something and she realizes what you've done and she's angry and upset. And she has the right to voice her feelings, right? And in her anger and frustration, she wanted to hurt you. She wanted to hurt you. It was her way of getting back at you by saying that. It doesn't warrant you killing this woman, taking her body into the woods, dumping her, then going back home, trying to get rid of evidence which didn't work, and then you file a missing persons report on your own wife.
4: Moments. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, loud and clear. Javette. I, uh, yeah, go right ahead.
4: So the whole thing is unfortunately a tragic event, but I just think as a woman, right, you kind of know certain things that is going to really upset your man. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of know that, right? So, I'm not faulting her for what she said, but I don't think I would have said that because you, people can snap. You got to think about what's coming out of your mouth, men and women, cuz people can snap. They have a show called Snap for the women that that happen to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay.
4: So, it's just a tragedy all the way, all the way around. It's just a tragedy.
1: Indeed a tragedy. And this is why self-control is so important. Learning to gain control of one's self is so important, right? Um on June 6th, police in Michigan's Oakland County arrested John Irwin Dingen, 61, Faslola Far's Haritash, 64, and Richard August Prouse of 45. Their arrests come as part of a large undercover sexting operation that busted child predators who were looking into trafficking underage girls. Weeks ago, we arrested individuals for targeting young people for sex, Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard said, per CBS WMEM. At that time, I said, if you target kids, we are going to target you. Apparently, some people need to be told more than once, we will hold these predators accountable, as you should. They're not learning. They're not learning. They're not learning. They're not learning. Police captured the men at an undisclosed location in Independence Township. The men have been charged with four felonies, including child sexually abusive material, accosting children for immoral purposes, and using a computer to commit a crime. Yeah attempting to entice and have sex with underage girls are these people not watching the news are they not staying abreast of current affairs current events they don't know what's going on that they're being cracked down on and yes continue these things and get them off the streets and I ask the question these people don't have daughters I'm not even going to talk about sisters or nieces you don't have daughters Would you want a 65-year-old man looking at your underage daughter? Are you okay with that? And if you're not okay with that, don't do it to somebody else's child. To traffic these children. Which is turning them into sex slaves. Yes. Keep the stings going because they're not learning. They, everybody thinks, oh, it won't happen to me. Republican Arizona Governor Doug Ducey is making it harder for citizens to hold police accountable by banning residents from recording video within eight feet of offices. Ducey signed the legislation on Sunday prohibiting people from filming police activity at a close distance. Anyone who disobeys this new law will face up to 30 days in jail, a year of probation, and $500 in fines. Officers are required to warn anyone filming before they are punished. The bill defines police activity as any law enforcement officers' interactions with citizens, including arrests, questioning anyone deemed suspicious, issuing a summons, or handling anyone officers believe to be emotionally disturbed or disorderly. Hmm. Critics of the measure believe that officers can stop anyone within the eight-feet range from recording by simply moving closer to them. However, Republican State Representative John Kavanaugh, who introduced the bill, insists officers would not move toward the person recording past the eight-foot threshold if they are not acting suspiciously. He says the bill's purpose is to prevent people from getting dangerously close to potentially violent confrontations. Police officers have no way of knowing whether the person approaching is an innocent bystander or an accomplice of the person they're arresting who might assault them. Democratic State Senator Martin Quesada disagrees, arguing that any time someone is recording law enforcement, They are seen as suspicious by the officers. The law will take effect on September 24th. (laughs) Protect the police, not the public. Yeah, protect the police, not the public. Whatever you can do to minimize any litigation, let's do that. Folks, stay eight feet away. Use the Zoom feature on your phone. That's it. Yeah. Use the Zoom feature on your phone or your camera. Alright? That's a easy fix. Because they cannot be made to feel as though they can do as they like with people and get away with it. There's I'm not gonna there's no other way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> These two. <laughs> Donald Trump says. Elon Musk would drop to his knees and beg on his command in social media. Clap back, storm. This is entertainment news. Dre, thank you for sending this over. Phew. Donald Trump and Elon Musk have been sharing words on social media after Donnie Twiddlefingers called Musk a bull-SBS artist. <laughs> this happened during a rally in Alaska over the weekend. Excuse me. Elon responded with a few tweets on Monday evening and Donnie took to his own platform with more words on Tuesday. During the rally on Saturday night, Donnie mocked Elon after he announced he was no longer moving forward with his $44 billion deal to acquire t- Twitter. Trump claimed he saw Musk's Twitter contract and stated that he wouldn't be buying the platform because of it. Shortly after, Musk clapped back, essentially telling Trump to take several seats. (laughs) Donald did not take kindly to Elon's response and alleged that the tech mogul asked for his help with subsidies for many of his projects in a post on Truth Social. The social media site he started after being banned after Twitter. Trump stated that Musk's projects would be worthless without his help and even stated that Elon would drop to his knees and beg if he told him to do so. As we know, Elon Musk is currently being sued by Twitter for pulling out of the deal to purchase the social media platform. Uh, Trump is looking for something to deflect a little attention from the January 6th shenanigans that, you know, happened. That's all I'm going to say. Donald and Twitter find something else to do with child time.
2: no moments, I'm I'm here for this one. <laughs> ah, James Yeah, like the, the clash of the titans. Like I'm ready to grab my popcorn and sit down and watch it unfold. James, stop the kill You don't no, have no seriously, food like, like No, seriously, that's why you have to love Donald Trump, man. Oh my gosh, you don't have no food for the cooker in the restaurant and not customer no place that no order Please. No, like no, come on, Donald Trump needs to go, go forward with this. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. Entertaining. <laughs> that, that's one thing. You can't accuse Donald Trump of being boring, you know? So, entertaining. I'm here for it. I love it.
1: Oh, boy. So, Martha Stewart made some interesting comments about her friends and their relationships. The Celebrity Chef was a recent guest on Chelsea Handler's podcast. The two had a conversation about Stewart's love life. Stewart says... She had two mad crushes in the last month. However, she added that neither of them was available. How old is Martha Stewart? She ain't about like 90, 95, 100. But it turns out, you know, one of them is married to the mother of some friends of mine. And I, you know, he's so attractive. Stewart also mentioned that even though she's had the chance to be a home wrecker, she opted out. Yeah. Um, They're all married to friends of mine or something Like that you know sometimes she wishes Her female friends would just die so she Could date their men oh my god What Uh, type of (laughs) Frackinackle are you reading That's believe it or not news (laughs) No that's entertainment news Uh oh (laughs) Martha 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 Go to the vineyard and chill out You're too hot Why say that out loud? Or oh. <laughs> she want the people, them, man. <laughs> How old is Martha? Isn't she like um, is she eighty something now? Seventy something. <laughs> Martha want the people, them,
2: man. I'm here for Martha too. Go Martha. <laughs> Jim said, <laughs> "No, that's uh, so Seat. at least at least she's being honest oh. just, just think of how many women out there with oh, friends that have have good husband and the friends is there eyeing the husbands you know so marta is sending out a warning to to ladies who have their their good friends and you know they invite them out and you want them to date where is this you know they're the third wheel don't do it
1: she she's she,
2: sending a warning
1: she's um she's 80 years old she was born august 3 1941 <laughs> You want to be for that man? At <laughs> eighty years old, are people still having sex at eighty? I'm just asking. Yes, yes, they
7: are. Also, oh, I have something to look forward. Yes, to. they are, and they're also passing around all these STIs like candy. Is it because good? They sex? don't feel like they need to use can They use contraception anymore or or um condoms.
1: Oh. Yep. Is it good no. sex though, I mean.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Any sex is sex. Is it good sex when you're 80 and you're not very mobile? Is it? But if you're mobile, of course, it's good sex. Okay, just wondering. I'm not watching any old people have sex. Before, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna be bad. So that I want to watch an orc. <laughs> I want to what wait, I'm sure it's available someplace. Wow! Entire internet at your fingertips. <laughs> pray for me,
1: Javette. Just pray for me. Pray for me, Javette. Pray for me. <sighs> but did you yeah me too did you hear this one um Nick Cannon says he will never have a love like he did with Mariah Carey confirms he'd rekindle a romantic relationship if the opportunity was there um anybody who is with Nick Cannon right now just leave him because he's telling you right out that I will never love you the way I would love Mariah right um all these women that have these children for him, how do they feel hearing him say this? He said that
7: many times. This is not the first time I've heard a
1: statement made from
7: him. He said it so many times it's becoming like it was ad nauseum is the term.
1: Yeah.
7: Um they know what they're they're in for. They sign a contract. They know. I mean, okay. This is my theory. They're aware what they're getting when they sign when they have any sort of in- this man a short-term romance a child of the biracial variety <laughs> and um and maybe some money to pay for this kid until they graduate college was it 18 years 18 years okay i'm done speaking now
1: 18 years find out the kid is wasn't his yeah 18 years mm-hmm. i'm sorry hearing this man profess his love over and over again for mariah for mimi i would never Get entangled with him. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry.
2: But Acon, Acon brother said the same thing about um Ross, um Diana, Diana Ross, um daughter. Like he, he said it publicly. Like any woman that he's talking to, like he, he tell them that look, like this woman is the love of my life and she's always going to be there. So like, either you're in or you're out. Hold on. So which, least... which, which Ross? Which one of Ross's daughters is with Akon? Um. Akon's brother the the one oh, that star in Blackish um, oh. what's your name
1: Okay Oh Tracy Black-ish,
2: they, Yeah yeah they, they were in a in a polygamous type of relationship for, okay. for a while Okay All right. Yeah
1: okay. All right then to each his own, but I'm not that desperate that I'm going to be comfortable you know listening to you say that and then no I'm sorry I'm <clears throat> not going to do it not doing it. Sorry, count me out on that one.
2: It's all about the Benjamins.
1: I guess you're absolutely right, James. I I
0: won't love it. I Baby, ever since I found you seems like every day I've been happy. Say the way that you love me. Turns me out, baby. I can feel my heartbeat. Seems like, baby, I've been thinking, feeling yeah. that you are everything. Seems like more and more, I'm hoping that you yeah. will be all I need, all I need.
1: just a moment with me don't save your best for when you think the material calls for it always bring your full potential to every take and be on top of your job or they will replace you in the words of gabriel union whether it's a job or your own business stay on top of your game folks because some they will take their business elsewhere all right do you Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to QMZRadio.com and Janoradio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you were listening to Coffee into World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our reviews. Here at Coffee and Toe, it's always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives, and always learning something too. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments with Me Media, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. Download the Jano Radio app, J A H K N O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores.
0: Here's my page, number, get with
1: For music while you work or play, take you through your day, log on to qmzradio.com, the quality music zone.
0: After college, yes, you went away straight from high school. You up and left me. We were close friends, awesome lovers. Did everything for one another.
1: Now you're in a last to my you. listeners on QMZRator.com and JohnORator.com. Whatever you do, wherever you go, please be safe. Thank you so much for logging on and tuning in. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, for Coffee in tow, World News on the go.
2: Ladies,
6: ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening.
6: Thank you for tuning in to Radio.
3: Radio. We are we are we are online 24/7. We
0: we we, we hope you enjoyed the show.
7: Bye-bye.